0: Welcome to the Cap Gemini America's Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. My name is Janet Pope, and I'm the Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility for the US, Canada, and Latin America. I look forward to engaging with each of you on diversity, digital inclusion, and sustainability challenges and initiatives. Let's get the future we want together.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Care Sustainability Council's podcast. I am your host, Damon Ambers, along with Saloni Sharma. And in this episode, we have a guest that's tuning in all the way from the UK to give us a deep dive of the Acorns series and the Acorns Unleash. These two initiatives are powered by the Accelerated Solutions Environment, also known as the ASC. So, without further ado, here is our guest, Sophia Bubal.
2: Uh, hi, Damon. Hi, Saloni. Pleasure to be here. So, my name's Sophia, and I am a co-facilitator in the ASE. So, that stands for the Accelerated Solutions Environment. You might know us as the Collaboration Hub um, at the heart of Cap Gemini. Um, so, helping our clients navigate. Com- crucial moments of complexity through experiential events and designing wonderfully collaborative experiences. Uh, I joined CAP coming up to three years now, so back in 2019, and uh, I joined directly into the ASC.
1: And I know for this session, we wanted to talk to you about the two uh, workshops initiatives that you have going on with the one being the ACORN series and the second being the ACORNs Unleashed. Can you explain to me how the ACORN series kind of got started and how these events are structured?
2: Yes. So for our listeners, a little bit of context of how this emerged. So the ACORN series um, came about back in 2020 um, at the start of the pandemic. So it actually feels like old news now, Um, but it was very, very innovative at the time. And um, it was a means for the intent was to engage our uh, clients in a really um, meaningful way and to show how Capgemini can better help them shape their future. Um, When the inquiry first came to us, it was anchored more around, you know, can we run something around employee engagement or, uh, you know, some more traditional, I guess, um, consulting topics. And the way we reframed that was um, what will really make a difference and get us ahead of the game is if we can create some space for CXOs. So really senior people uh, to come together and to educate themselves and create a bit of a learning space on. What how would sustainability apply to their mindset? What does it mean? for us to take meaningful actions towards net zero. Everyone's talking about net zero, for example, but no one's got the faintest idea about how to go about achieving it. (laughs) Um, And so we wanted to um, approach that. And the difference here is that with the Acon series, it was uh, a cross sector um, Mm -hmm. cohort of participants and uh, extremely, extremely senior participants whom we brought together in uh, three events that were evening sessions in the heart of the pandemic so we had to actually run those fully remotely and um, a big consideration was how do we um, create a really intimate setting and something that feels really special how do we foster cross-sector learning and vulnerability so you think about it we had uh, you know organizations heads of organizations these are CEOs CTOs COOs um, who don't normally talk to each other, but actually are dabbling with the same kind of pressures and having to make decisions uh, around, you know, how are we going to achieve net zero and not necessarily knowing. So we wanted to create a really um, safe space for them to come into, but where we also brought cutting edge learning and and we did that through external speakers uh, coming to talk about a number of topics. So it came, it came from Invent, in the uk and um it was sponsored um by amanda gosling who's a wonderful uh spokeswoman uh, for all things sustainability and um having her leadership and drive behind it really Mm -hmm. helped us um i think gather everyone because these kinds of events are a little bit harder to pull off in that we're not working with one, one single client, and um, there is no single figure of authority that says you must attend this engagement. Right. Um So we had to really leverage our relationships, and uh, you know, Capgemini, at back at that time, and I would argue probably still now, Capgemini is not the most well known in the sustainability world. It's not really what external you know clients know us for, and so it was quite mm-hmm. an effort. Um, for us to, to position this and, and, and I believe that the Acorn Series was really one of the first steps in credentializing us um, in that sphere with our clients here in the UK.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the wor- worst times to try to start up the Acorn series in the fight of the pandemic. So I can tell that's very, very challenging. And only you did brought up bring up one thing about fostering engagement across the businesses and in, in industries. I, I would like to ask, how, to, like, what strategies and what kind of like frameworks do you kind of use to even encourage the the different forms of thinking involved with those industries?
2: So the the way we approached it um, was just really looking at where is there a gap in mm-hmm. what's being provided, and um, the intent was really that let's get together learn together and then start to ideate some potential opportunities for collaboration uh, mm-hmm. across sector so i think it, the initial premise was uh, a shift in mindset of thinking that a single organization or a single individual will have the solution uh on their own and i think and I went in quite open and honest with that and that was the pull and attraction from our participants was Mm -hmm. actually, let me get together with my fellow CXO, you know, peers and uh, from across industries and let's share areas that some of us are more advanced in and understanding and have progress further versus others where I have no clue, but I can learn from someone else. So Mm -hmm. it was, uh, I guess, the boldness in not being afraid of having competitors in the same room. it turned out in the ACORN series, we didn't end up having direct, direct competitors, but we had some indirect competitors uh, and, you know, organizations who would work, maybe work together. Uh, but being bold and, and, and human and saying, hey, this is this is a problem facing the whole of humanity. If We've got, you know, a really short timeline until 2050. It's only about 10,000 days left um, as business leaders, as um You know, actually, one thing we did which was really powerful is in the first session when we had everyone in, in, I think it was the first or the second one, um, we had everyone in the session and we said, you know, collectively, we employ over 1.5 million people in the world, all of the organizations that are present on this call. um, So those were the participants of the Acorn series and actually having that stat made everyone realize that as uh, one of the most senior leaders in the organizations i actually have huge amounts of influence in terms of educating my own employees on Mm -hmm. what it means for us to become more sustainable as a business what it means for individual practice at home Um, but also it means we have a huge amount of resource and um, you know change agents that we can activate if only we change the way we do business and we internalize externalities and we look thoroughly at our scope three emissions through our whole supply chain. So um, I guess boldness in bringing different organizations together, uh, learning together, Mm -hmm. and then um, bringing the stats to also support that actually, you know, businesses don't change the world, people do. You know, people change businesses and then businesses can have that impact. But if we don't influence the people, nothing's going to happen. And actually a lot of the senior leaders um, are direct employees of many of those people who can potentially make the change or bring the innovation that we need, or you know, shift that mindset out of, oh, you know, this can't be done to yes it can and, and how, let's explore how and let's explore partnerships across organizations so we don't duplicate the efforts.
1: Mm, okay. That that is pretty interesting. I will say my last question before taking it off to Saloni is just: What do you think? What is like the most exciting thing from running these Acorn series events? Like that you found?
2: It's very, it's very hard to uh, differentiate the Acorn series from the Acorn Unleashed, which was the second series mm. that burst out of the Acorn series. Um. You know, never before have we had sustainability so high up on the agenda. And, you know, since Eamon stepped in and he had it as a focus last year in 2021, and that has been a continued focus in 2022, um, back in 2020, that wasn't the case. So having senior leaders um, within Capgemini, supporters and in running the series, and then um, seeing the interest and the appetite from clients, um, you know, this is a critical need and uh, a gap in the market, which is a huge opportunity for us to differentiate ourselves. So I think um, we still have a long way to go internally on, you know, translating, Okay, but what do we actually mean by sustainability and environmental sustainability? And what does that look like? What kind of questions does that look like? Am I asking my clients and what kind of mindset does this shift us towards? um and i'm happy to share some of what came out of both acorn and acorn unleashed in terms of of mindset and answers and people can consider when speaking to clients but i guess the exciting thing to me was that appetite and that willingness to start exploring it and um the realizations that there is so much opportunity for everyone to win work in this space because there is so much work to be done um so you know let's let's all Get with educating ourselves and um, not shying away, you know, bringing up those topics and uh, asking our clients, uh, you know, what is your sustainability agenda? What are you working on? And then challenging their thinking and saying, how is this, you know, decision going to impact generations in 60, 70, 100 years' time? Mm. Have you considered that? And if you were making this decision as if you were already in 2020, I know twenty sixty. Would you be making the decision in the same way as you're currently making it, or are you currently choosing this decision because it's yielding very, very good short term, you know, yields as opposed to long term yields? Um, You know, how will this impact future generations? How will this uh, impact? Is this the lowest possible impact on the environment or not? And you know, just. Taking people back through that loop of people, planet, and prosperity, um, as we guide and consider
3: projects and decisions.
1: All right, I'm kicking on over to Saloni for her questions.
3: I guess for the series, I, I just have one thing that I'm. I just want to emphasize. I think in in general, what you've talked about in terms of shifting of mindset. Um, really coming in bold. I think that's such an important aspect of, you know, we have the ability to talk to so many uh, incredibly intelligent and influential people, but changing mindset is so important when you enter these conversations, because problem solving for climate is like, it's such an interesting experience, because yeah, we're a business, yeah, we're Cap Gemini but we're also, you know, citizens of just Earth. And, you know, how are we using those two you know, huge things about our, our personalities, our interests, our passions to kind of change the trajectory of business, right? And I think you being able to uh, emphasize boldness and vulnerability and growth is so, so interesting. And I'm curious, like, does it, did it change your perspective of, like, what role Capgemini can play in the trajectory of climate, did you, were you like, wow, there's actually a lot of things I could do here to change this path? Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, yeah, absolutely, and it, and it was, and it still is, it was and still is, you know, a learning journey continuously for me, uh, as well, and for the team, the the, the ASC team that was working on it, um, on the series. I'd say, I mean, Capgemini has a huge opportunity uh, here I mean if tech as an industry was a country, we'd be the third most polluting country in the world. right It's a really well known stat. Um, and the reality is you know how and I don't know if if climate circles um, at the start of this year went all the way around to the US as well, I imagine they did um, conversations, but it does you know make us consider I do think technology is is the a- part of the answer in terms of innovation and, you know, thinking of new ways to do things. I also think that we need to be conscious in our decision-making and, you know, where are the shortcomings of technology and, you know, how are the solutions that we're implementing going to be lost in the long term? Or are there unintended consequences that could emerge? Um, You know, I mean, I keep, you know, we we, we talk a lot um, in the UK about EV rollout. And so electric vehicles and, um, you know, how do we enable green mobility? And we, you know, can we balance the view of, yes, electric vehicles are very, very exciting. Um, it, it sounds great, but we still don't know what to do with the lithium batteries and how to recycle them. And in 50 years time, that'll be a huge issue. Um, you know, are there things that we can look at around how can we design cities for cities to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes, minute cities? So rather than narrow down on like one single tech and like go all in let's think of it more as a systemic perspective of what are we trying to achieve here we want to enable people to stay connected we want to enable mobility within regions within countries across countries um you know let's yes continue the R and D and encouraging that on biofuels on you know development of electric vehicles but What are other things and ways of thinking that we can encourage with our public sector clients with, you know, how can we bring them together to better communicate? Um, And even if we take EVs, charging stations currently are not compatible. So actually, it's making it really hard for consumers to actually adopt and want to buy an electric vehicle if they don't know if they're going to be able to charge it. And the cost here in the UK at least is still really high. So how can we facilitate these conversations um, similarly for our data centers like if we're moving mostly to cloud um, still how can we make those moves the you know have the lowest carbon impact possible how can we work with you know data like hosting centers that are also nature preserving centers like it's all of these kinds of thinking an imagination. How do we as Capture Consultants nurture our imagination and are bold in challenging our clients in considering different things or in looking at what might not be looked at and then become better storytellers to help them imagine what could be if they at the moment can't foresee it. Um, obviously, I am not a technical expert, so I'm sure there's loads of holes in a lot of those things I've suggested, but it's more the essence
3: and and the feeling if that makes sense. Yes. No, totally. And I, I think just to emphasize the systems thinking that you're alluding to, which is, you know, how do we fit within the ecosystem? And I think even bringing these C-suites in, right, they they now are changing their mindset of how do I fit into this system of, you know, the environment and what are the implications of my business decisions and my technology decisions? That shift is so important. Um, and I, I think, Damon, you can dive into I think Acorn Unleashed, which is the second part of this Acorn series, right?
1: That's correct. And I know I believe the Acorn series kind of branched off and became the Acorn Unleashed. Can you tell me how the Unleashed program kind of became what it is, and what the differences are from the Acorn series?
2: Absolutely. If you think of the Acorn series as the most senior people of an organisation, and this was only C-suite execs, um, and it was a very intimate, you know, each session had about 12 to 15 participants, very, very small, exclusive group, um, to whom we sent wine and cheese at their homes as they dialed on the call, uh, all sustainably sourced, locally sourced. Um, When we were looking at Acorn Unleashed, it was okay. how do we open this up? How do we have the C-suites N-1? Who are those who are on the ground who are trying to implement sustainability practices or who've been told to look at, you know, what is our roadmap to achieve net zero? um, And who are actually the doers who are still senior leaders guiding functions, but who are doing and how do we bring them together in a similar vein in an interactive? And this was a four part series um, to collaborate together on finding these cross-sector opportunities and we left the series with three uh, opportunities. One around data sharing, um, because the more access to information everyone has and, you know, the more open data we can have, uh, the better informed um, each organisation can make and around their carbon tracking and around other things. Um, And we had a couple of other uh, initiatives, which um, are Capgemini uh, Invent Sustainability Solutions team were going to pick up. So the Acorn Unleashed actually um, was sponsored by Courtney Holm, who is the head of the Invent Sustainability Solutions team here in the UK. And she was just stepping into role. She had just been hired in. And so this was sort of the first series um, to launch Sort of her function and team with. Um, so that that's how it, it came about and it had a much broader participant group um, and of slightly less senior uh, sort of positions but still mm-hmm. decision makers but who might be closer to the challenges on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. I know you sense. said there were there were a four-part series for the Unleashed right mm-hmm. can you explain just a little bit more on, like each different part of it and how they uh, how they're intertwined and how they are run?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The first one um, was very much framing the problem and why we all need to collaborate to find the solution. So our first session was solely designed around yeah, helping participants understand the uh, interconnectedness between everything. And what we did is we designed a new module called the link tank, which was an exercise where we had people from policy, people from education, people from um, sort of all of the big realms of, of life and society, of uh, business uh, business and consumption, the production line, etc come and give um, talks and, you know, an SME perspective on what is the intersection between sustainability and uh, law and policy, for example, or what is the intersection between sustainability and society and culture? And um, as they shared their perspective, participants were taking notes and creating this web of knowledge of intersection and creating links Mm. Between the talks that they'd heard, um, to show how everything is interconnected and how much of a systemic challenge this is, and why we need to collaborate. And that module landed really, really well, and helped sort of everyone drop the penny on actually, as you said earlier, Saloni. You know, we are citizens of this earth, and all of the things that we do impact each other, and we need to collaborate to solve this because if we don't, you know, work on the education front you know, if we only work on education, but then businesses don't change the way they produce or consume. Or, you know, if we're not having a mindset shift for society and driving different kinds of um, partnerships, then nothing's going to change. So that was part one. Uh, Part two was very much focused on what consumers want. And we ran a UK wide survey that went out to over a thousand people asking them about their views about the future. And there were essentially broadly four different f- futures that people would could desire which was you know the as-is state which is uh an, an economic economy first future where we prioritize generating profit and making money uh, there was a um, tech first uh, future where everything is tech late automated and um, convenience is, is prioritized and innovation One where it was society first, where it was, we put people first and people are cared for first and foremost. And the last one, which was uh, environment first, which was we are much more conscientious and caring. And um, after running that uh, 10 question survey across the UK, we made sure it was, um, you know, demographically represented across gender, education levels, race, etc. Um, What came back was that most um, people actually want an environment and social first future. So those were the top two that came um, as most sort of high priority for people, residents in the UK. And um, we brought this data to our participant groups or businesses saying, you know, this is what consumers want. We made the data fully available and free. We created an interactive dashboard so that companies could look at the types of questions we asked and exactly what people answered and by what demographic and et cetera, et cetera. And so they could then analyze that. And then we had a really powerful discussion around, you know, what does this mean for our business models? If consumers want it, why are we not doing it? We know it's the right things to do. We know that future generation, especially Gen Z, Um, have very strong opinions uh, around this and will consume in a different way. So now is the opportunity for us to collaborate together, get ahead of the curve and get going. And then session three was around um, how we change our own leadership in order to make this happen. Because again, if we have to start with ourselves and how can industry and uh, businesses lead the way in this green revolution um, and make it easy for consumers to adopt sustainable choice because at the moment it's not always the easiest and most convenient way Uh, and so how do we evolve our own leadership and then the last session was focused on of this group what are the opportunities for collaboration what are we actually going to do and take forward so that's that's how we structured um the acorn unleashed series
1: that's very cool how long does that normally take from start to finish
2: uh ooh, um, <laughs> when did we start? So so the sessions ran they were about from memory about three hours, three to four hours long each, each session. I think it was three hours each, and um, so they're not very, very long, I would argue. Um from a design perspective, that gave us great constraints. Um but we ran the Acorn Unleashed Sessions across October and November of 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will share with you, an ebook was published at the end of it, Perfect. with our recommendations and with our findings, um, which anyone in CAP and outside of CAPTCHA and I can read. Um, mm-hmm. So I will share with you what came out of, of A Equal and um, The
1: Thank dates you. will be
2: re- reconfirmed. <laughs>
1: Appreciate that. And the final question I do have for you, um, so what do you see as the future for ACORN Series and ACORN Solution?
2: So I don't know if it pertains to ACORN or ACORN Unleashed specifically. Um, this, Those currently sit with uh, the Invent um, Sustainability Solutions team. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do see is a huge future for consulting. Uh, and whilst there is a space for... Know, one-on-one client consulting kind of relationship I really think that um, the way consulting has the opportunity to and I would argue needs to evolve is in that cross-sector space so you know whichever MU you sit in or or whichever market you are focusing on um, I think what will really differentiate us is, is if we help our clients talk to, to each other within industry and learn together because these kinds of challenges again, are way bigger than one single organization. So how mm-hmm. can we foster more inter-sector collaboration? And then how can we foster more cross-sector collaboration? And we are currently doing this at the moment in the UK with um, the e- our ENU clients in an Energy Markets 2030 Plus series where we've had four sessions already, redesigning the future of the energy market mm-hmm. in the UK for 2030. And now we're looking to design. Um, we've got two, three upcoming sessions uh, where we'll be taking action and actually getting industry to take recommendations to government in the UK to change certain things. Capgemini is uniquely placed to have these kind of industry shifting systemic change. um conversations we're doing it just for ENU and and specifically for the energy markets. In um, the case of the series I just mentioned, but I could see this pop up anywhere, you know, in, in CPID, in, in public, et cetera. So, um, I think my invitation is for all of us to think a little bit more cross-sector and cross-organizationally.
1: Perfect. Well, that's all the questions I have. And also will do you have anything last you want to say? Perfect. No,
3: I, I think, Sophia, I, it's really inspiring to hear all the work you've done, honestly. I think Acorns <laughs> Unleashed and um, Acorn Series are, are really inspiring, just to even observe as a fellow Capgemini co-worker, I think <laughs> it's really cool to know that around the world we're doing such awesome work, so thank you.
2: Thank you so much, and I must disclaim, it's really not a, a single-handed effort, you know, I I was just a... One of the people driving this forward amongst many others uh, across the AAC team and the Invent team. So, um, yeah, credit, credit to Charlotte <laughs> Berserk, <laughs> you know, credit to yes. um, Courtney Holm, Amanda Gosling, uh, Amanda Young. So, you know, they they really deserve that credit too.
1: Really fantastic team you have out there. Well, thank you for being a guest on our podcast today. It's been really great to hear about the Acorn series and then we keep up the Thanks good work out there. It's- thank you All right.
2: thank you both Speak soon. bye Sophia bye bye
1: thank you all for listening to another Care Sustainability Council's podcast again I'm your host Damon Ambers along with Saloni Sharma and I want to give a special thanks to our guest Sophia Bubal and Sophia also left the ebook for you all to read and I will leave that for you in the description below Now, if you would like to find more of our episodes, you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash NACR underscore radio. With that being said, here's the final message from Janet Pope.
0: It looks like we've come to the end of another Capgemini America's Corporate Social Responsibility podcast. Again, I'm Janet Pope. And on behalf of the entire America's Corporate Social Responsibility team, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you have a specific topic on diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability, or digital inclusion that you'd like us to cover on a future podcast, please comment in the podcast channel. We'd love to hear from you.